Uh, another Friday, another weekend, and another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gomison. Adam, it's great to be with you. And if you've been listening to our show uh, for a while, you know that a few weeks ago we talked about the question, who is Jesus? And I said at that point that we may be digging a little further into that. And we we did. We talked about with Chad about um, Jesus as a real person. And today we're continuing that series by talking about Jesus is God. Because there's a lot of people who will say things like Jesus was a good man or a good teacher, but they won't go all the way to saying that he's God. Mm. And the thing is, he said that he was God. And so if he said that he was God, the only way for him to be a good teacher is if he is God, because otherwise uh, he would be a liar and liars aren't good teachers. And so we're going to dig into the evidence that the Bible shares with us about Jesus being God. So Adam, can you kick us off with our quote of the day? Jesus was God spelling himself out in language humanity could understand. That's from S.D. Gordon. Uh, and I just really liked this quote as I was looking for a way to open the show um, because that's really what it is. It's God become man. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So when we look at Jesus, we can see God. That was what um, was important for for him to come so that we could see God because the Bible says no man has seen God at any time. And so I thought, thought that quote was very important. All right. Uh, Adam, can you read our first point there? Yes. Jesus was prophesied to be God. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins." Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be called, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. That is Matthew one twenty through 25 and in this passage, we see Matthew. Um, it's interesting. I had some Bible tabs from one of my Bibles a while back, and they were cool because they basically had on each um, Bible tab, it showed who is Jesus in this book of the Bible. And in um, the book of Matthew, he's writing primarily to Jews, and he's establishing Jesus as the king of the Jews. And so he's referring back to prophecy from Isaiah about um, Emmanuel, God with us. And he's talking about this in relation to Jesus because Jesus um, was indeed and is indeed God. So I think that is a, that's an important thing to bring out. Um, and then also just uh, the fact that Everything happened the way that um, 
the prophets would say, like it, it said that that God sent Jesus to Egypt with his family to escape Herod who wanted to kill him. And then later it says that the reason why is because so that the prophecy could come true out of Egypt have I called my son hmm. because he, he wasn't in Egypt at that point. So it's just interesting how um, God um, made prophecy or made a lot of prophecies about Jesus and he fulfilled every one of them. I forget the total number of prophecies that um, Jesus had to fulfill as the son of God. But I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of like 600, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. That he had to fulfill to be the chosen one that God had set forth. And so we can be confident that Jesus is the son of God and as such is God. Um, Cause it, um, the way the Holy Trinity works is three persons in one, one God. And uh, so that's just an important place to start off. So the second one is John the Baptist identified him as God. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. That's John one twenty nine. Now this is before... I mean, this is basically at the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. He hasn't called his disciples yet. He hasn't really done anything major yet. He hasn't gotten in trouble with the religious leaders yet. And yet, John the Baptist is, is making this declaration about him as the Lamb of God. And he actually lost some disciples because of it, because the disciples, some of the couple of the disciples of John, namely James and John the Apostle, went. And followed Jesus from that day forward. And you may wonder, well, how did he know or what was he talking about? But when we think about the fact that even as a young baby, when Jesus' mother came to Elizabeth's house, his mother, he leaped in the womb. Because even as a baby, God allowed him to be full of the Holy Spirit and realize that Jesus was indeed the chosen one of God and Mm. was the Son of God. So... As we look at these first two points, um, Jesus in prophecy and then John the Baptist identifying Jesus as God, do you have any thoughts, Adam? This is kind of putting a rabbit trail spin on it, but I always think about in these scriptures about the people involved in this. So you, you had Mary, you had Joseph, and then the second one, you had John. And just think about like their position in all of this. I mean, Mary had this angel come to her saying, you know, if you accept God's will, you'll be the mother of, of God. And then Mary tells Joseph this. And then to think that, you know, her cousin would be having John the Baptist. Like, if you would tell that to a regular person in real life, they'd probably be like, wow, you're insane. You need more sleep or something. But the fact that they were so willing to say yes and so humble and they were so obedient, that just always hits me so hard in this. I think it's so cool. Well, and that's basically why an angel had to come to Joseph because right. that's basically how he felt. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I don't know exactly the conversation that that Joseph and Mary had initially, but that might have had a lot to do with why Mary left for three months um, because Joseph was getting ready to divorce Mary quietly because mm-hmm. he didn't want to make a public example of her. But then God comes to Joseph um, sends an angel to Joseph and Joseph does the right thing because he's a just man. And my dad often points out that um, 
Mary obviously was an obedient servant, but also probably a good part of the reason that Mary was chosen to be uh, Jesus' mother was because of Joseph. Because God knew that Joseph would take care of them both very well, and that he would be obedient to God. And so, again, so important for us to know and to replicate ourselves. Um, okay, can you read the third point there? Jesus transcends time. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. That's John eight fifty six through 58 Okay, this is, this is one of my favorite Bible passages of all. Because Jesus, at this point, is making his, I believe, his most declarative statement to being God in the whole scripture because he is invoking the name of God that God used for himself in Exodus chapter 3 when God is talking to Moses through the burning bush, which you want to talk about something insane that no one would believe <laughs> right. under normal circumstances. That is something. But uh, he said, when Moses said, if the people don't believe me that you sent me, who do I say you are. Mm-hmm. He said, say to them, I am has sent me to you. And so with that simple phrase, then Jesus invokes it here in John chapter 8. He says, before Abraham was, I am. So he's using the title I am, the title of God. He also uses that title in John chapter 18 when when uh, he's in the garden and the Pharisees and religious leaders are asking, um, where is Jesus of Nazareth? Jesus says, I am. Now, in a lot of Bibles, it says, I am he, but the he is italicized there. Um, and because it makes more grammatical sense to us in English to say, I am he. But what he's really saying in that passage, again, is I am, invoking mm-hmm. the name of God. And that name is so powerful that what happened in the John 18 passage is that the people that were there fell backwards and they still arrested him. That 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 really um, strikes me because I wonder if there were any of them wondering at that point. Also, Malchus, because Jesus healed his ear, if there were anybody at that point that were thinking, maybe this wasn't the best thing we could have done, but I don't know. Right. We'll have to wait and see if any of them join us in heaven. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be a bit surprised to find that out. But um, so, and then this one is Jesus is the only way to heaven. From John fourteen six, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Okay, and and this one uh, is kind of a, a reminder of the the, the familiar phrase. Familiarity breeds apathy because you can look at this verse and say, well, I've read it a million times. I know it. But just think about the specificness here. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. There's no wiggle room there. No room for something else to be the way, the truth, or the life. It's all found in him. And Jesus says the only way to heaven is the only way that we are going to have success in this life. 
speaking for him exists to proclaim Jesus and Jesus crucified. And so that is why we're talking about this on the podcast, because it's important for us to defend our belief based on the Bible that Jesus is, in fact, God. So, um, so looking at these two things about Jesus standing outside of time and then about Jesus being the only way to heaven, do you have any thoughts, Adam? The one thought that comes to mind with both of those is just the thought of what Jesus has already declared of saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I mean, if he's bigger than time and bigger than anything else, you know, you wonder how people can have doubt in those ways of saying, well, you know, why should I follow Jesus or why should I believe in him? You know, there's just so much that always points back to him because he's bigger than anything. He created everything. That's what's so funny. So it just it gets me thinking about who, like you said in this podcast, we're focusing on like who God is and how there's so much evidence of him. And it's like, how can you not know? <laughs> but um, yeah, just some things that come to mind there. And and it really is true. Um, but we're, I'm reminded of what it says in First Corinthians when it says, "The cross is to them that perish foolishness, but to them that believe it, it's the power of God." When you're, when you don't have the Holy Spirit interceding for you, you don't realize the truth of the Scripture. There was a story that I heard about a guy who was Jewish who wrote the Psalms. I don't know if that's the only thing he did, but he, he hand-wrote the Psalms. Um, and I think that was one of the primary things that he did because he was a scribe in, in Israel. And I forget the name of the Christian preacher, but um asked him, well, after writing all these beautiful song psalms and writing them into scrolls and 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 spending all your time thinking about these things, what do you think of God? Mm-hmm. And he said, "I'm an atheist." Mm. Wow! And so you just you just realize at that point that these things are spiritually discerned. That's why sometimes, like you said, we want to shake our our friends or family who don't believe and say, well, why don't you believe this? It's so simple. But the thing is, until the spirit of God is involved, um, you can talk about these things till you're blue in the face. You can read these things till you're blue in the face and they won't do you any good. Um, all right, Adam, you want to read the final bullet point there? Which Jesus is the fullness of God. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. That's Colossians 2, 9, 10. And this kind of goes back to something you said before, Adam, which is that he's basically bigger than everything. He transcends time. He's over every evil thing that could attempt to derail us. Just everything good he is in control of. And everything evil he is in control of. He uh, has ultimate victory. Now, that doesn't mean that evil doesn't exist, because as we've discussed before, and as we will discuss many times, hopefully, uh, the, the evil still exists, and it it exists um, because of, of man's foolishness, and because of the devil who God kicked out of heaven for wanting to be like him or even to go above him. But in this, again, we have a very declarative statement by the Apostle Paul 
Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. It could be easy to think that Jesus was just a man who the Holy Spirit came down on at his baptism, and at that point he became perfect. At that point he became divine. At that point he became God. But no, he was God from before the world began. There was another, there's another verse that says, everything was made by him, and without him was not anything made, in John chapter 1. And a verse in Proverbs chapter 30 that says, what is his name, meaning God, talking about creation, what is his name, and what is his son's name, if you know it. So even Solomon, or the people that wrote the Proverbs, had a concept that God had a son and he was knowable. Mm-hmm. And so we're not talking about someone who became someone after he was born or while he was in the womb. We're talking about someone who was someone before he became human, chose to become human, and spend nine months in a young woman and then be born as a baby. To me, that makes it even more amazing that he condescended as God to become a baby and to go through all the growth and metamorphosis that a human baby goes through, through the whole process. Um, and he did that so that we could be complete in him, so that we could have everything we need to live a life of godliness. Adam, do you have any thoughts on this final one? Uh, it kind of goes with one we talked about a few ago where it says Jesus transcends time. I just think it's so cool that Jesus answered in that way of saying, you know, I am. I mean, there's really no other way to describe or specify who God is since he, he he's him. Like, I can't even think of any other way to say it. And I just I think that's so cool. It's It's overwhelming. Well, in Hebrews chapter 11, I believe it says that him who... Cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that seek him. And one of my, I remember when I was working at Guiding Light Mission, one of the guys that I worked with said, um, why do you think it says, um, must believe that he is? And I thought about it and I was like, well, I think it's because, uh, he is everything good. Anything you can think of that's good, he is. Mm -hmm. And so it's enough to say that he is. Because you can't define him with one or two terms. Uh, you can go through lists and lists. Uh, you know, we did a series not too long ago on the names of God, and I only scratched the surface. I, I think I picked like five or six to go through, but there's like over 900 or possibly even more in the scriptures. So I wasn't by any stretch an exhaustive study. But I hope that um, this has given you some ammo. Um for as you try to live an apologetic life in the sense that you understand and rightly divide the word of truth and you want to share it with others. Um, Paul said to Timothy, commit these things unto faithful men that they may be able to teach others also. And that is one of my hopes with this podcast. So I hope that you have enjoyed it and I hope that you will share it and pass it on with your friends. That's what we have for you this week. I hope that you will have a great weekend. And keep serving.
the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 